Cheryl Psyche. You like going to concerts? Can you tell me the favorite one you've been to? And it doesn't have to be a sacred music. I, I, as a kid, I really enjoyed the village people, but that was a long time ago. <laughs> I like that. Jeannie and I were going to the James Taylor concert in college, and I loved James Taylor. Yes, ma'am. Elvis Presley when I was 13. Elvis Presley? Anybody else see Elvis Presley? My goodness, several of you saw Elvis. That is fascinating. You saw the Beatles. Oh, my goodness. Billy Joel was a good concert. Johnny Mathis. Johnny Mathis, that'd be a good concert. Any other concerts you've been to that you want to tell that you can't tell us about? The Eagles. The Eagles, that'd be good. So, there was one, and I can't remember who it was recently that was going to be in Atlanta. That was been a couple of years ago. But tickets were really expensive, and part of me thinks, well, I could buy the new CD, and I'm, I'm cheap. I can be tired about things like that. Sometimes tickets are a little expensive. The Chicago Cubs just won the World Series. Kingston Trio. The Kingston Trio. That would have been a good one once upon a time. Tickets for the World Series were a little <coughs> expensive. According to StubHub, someone bought two seats for Game 7 for $19,900 apiece in Cleveland. So $40,000 for two tickets. Someone paid $49,500 for a courtside ticket to Game 7 of the NBA Championship when Cleveland beat Golden State. One ticket, $49,500. A 2016 Super Bowl ticket sold for $20,500 for a seat near the 50-yard line. People like good seats, don't they? As a commercial, there's some really good seats in the front here, and they're not extra. And so if you want to come on up, we would love you to be up here. But that was just a shameless plug, sorry. In the eighth chapter of Matthew, the disciples had front row seats. We're not there yet. Had front row seats to some amazing events. Jesus touches a leper and he's made clean. Would you like to see that? I, I, I'd like to see these things. And the disciples are watching this and soaking it all in. He can cure leprosy. He'll touch a leper. They watch. And after this, they enter Capernaum. And Jesus is approached by a Roman soldier who has a servant at home who's gravely ill and Jesus agrees to go to his house and help and the soldier says oh, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof you just speak the word as one in authority and my servant will be well and Jesus brags on the man's faith says okay your servant will be healed the servant was and the disciples heard this and then they go to Peter's house and Peter's mother-in-law is sick in bed with 
fever. And so Jesus goes over and touches her. And immediately it says she gets up and starts serving. You know how mother-in-laws are, don't you? They want to serve everybody. And all of a sudden from the sick bed to the kitchen she goes. And she begins to take care of Jesus and the disciples. And they were served by this woman. And they watched all of them. That evening, a long line of people gathered in Peter's house because they heard that Jesus was there. I'm sure they heard about Peter's mother-in-law, and I'm sure they heard about the leper, and I'm sure the centurion told people about the servant. Let's go see what this is about. And probably it was a big line because the people in line were sick, and they probably couldn't have gotten there on their own, so they had to get people to bring them, and they were demons of this, and they wouldn't have wanted to get into this line, so people had to hog tie them and bring them to line. So it's quite a line going on here. Sick people and demons of that people, and people holding on to them so Jesus can touch them. And Matthew tells us, that he cured all who were in line. Touched them all. Healed them all. And again, long into the evening and into the night, the disciples had opportunity to watch Jesus cast out demons. Cure the blind, the deaf, the lame. You would think now, with a front row seat to what they'd seen, their faith would be off the chart. You'd think 110% all in, we're revived and ready for the world. And you'd be wrong. Matthew chapter 8, beginning at verse 23, we pick up the story not 24 hours after all of these events. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. The same disciples that had seen all of it I just told you about. Because Matthew told me about it. A windstorm arose on the sea, so great that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus was asleep. And they went and they woke him up saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. And he said to them, why are you afraid? You of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the sea. And then came a dead calm. Today we're going to continue our study in the full armor of God. The disciples are a perfect example of what we need to do every day. And we've gotten to verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 6. And it says this. With all these... Take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. If you've been with us the past several weeks thus far, we've looked at the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace. And so verse 16 says, along with these things, take the shield of faith. Why? To quench the flaming arrows of the evil one. The Roman soldiers carried different types of shields. They would carry a round one with straps on it that was metal. If they got into some combat, the gladiators would use them. You've seen enough movies to have seen those. But this shield is not that type of shield. It's a particular word for a huge shield. In fact, 
the shield would be about two and a half feet wide and about four and a half feet tall. So this is a big shield to carry around. The shield would be made out of layers of wood, layers of animal skin. It would be edged in metal. And if they could, before battle, they would soak it in water so that if a flaming dart or arrow would hit it, it wouldn't catch the shield on fire. It was very, very big. It was designed for full protection. And at four and a half by two and a half, it doesn't sound really big to you. Remember through history, we've heard, we're a little bit bigger than they used to be. You ever bought an antique bed? Your feet hang off the end of it. Have you ever gone to a museum and looked at armor and noticed how small it is? We have over the years gotten much bigger. So this four and a half by two and a half shield would be for total coverage. Stay behind the shield, you're going to be in good shape. Get out from behind it and you'd be in big trouble. So let's go back to the disciples in the boat for a moment. After all they had seen, and after all they had heard, they panicked when a storm came. And after waking Jesus, he immediately diagnosed their problem. They had too little faith. Oh, you little faith. That astonishes me, really. After all that they had experienced, their faith was little. It's a great example for us. We're much the same way. We need to put our faith on every day. Somewhere between the miracles and the long line and the boat ride, the disciples forgot an awful lot, didn't they? In a very short period of time. We can be the same way. I can. We can forget our faith. And without our shield of faith, we are easy targets in this world. The disciples were targets of fear and doubt, and those are weapons the devil uses today. Fear and doubt. Those are perfect examples of his arrows. Think about it. Isn't that what he's trying to do to all of us? Make us fear? Make us doubt? I'm a little bit weary of people freaking out about all sorts of things. This week's a perfect example. We will elect a new president Tuesday. And too many people are freaking out. They're forgetting their shields. Doubt and fear are alive and well. I love the example in Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 about a new leader coming. Look at this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. The year 750 B.C. King Uzziah is dead. Been a pretty good king. He reigned for 52 years. That's a long time to be in office. In our country, it would mean that LBJ would be about to be replaced because he was elected in 64, 52 years ago. Can you imagine the speculation and all of that after 52 years and back then? Well, it wasn't as stable as it is now. Things could be up for grabs and people would be just freaking out. Fear and doubt would have been alive and well. What will Isaiah say? What he sees? 
I saw the Lord sitting on the throne, high and lofty, and the hem of his robe filled the temple. Isaiah was standing behind his shield of faith. Please know that whatever happens Tuesday, or the day after that, or the week after that, or the month after that, or the year after that, that the Lord is still on his throne. So don't freak out. Always put on your shield of faith. This was an unusual week in my life because I spoke to my mother-in-law twice in the same week and I called her. I don't do that an awful lot. It's Jeannie's mother and when the phone rings, I hand it to Jeannie, it's your mother. But when she went to the doctor and there's family history and the word cancer is used and the word spreading is used and surgery is used and well, I've been praying for her and I wanted her to know it. And in one of our conversations this week, I said, you know, one of two things is going to happen. You're going to be healed or you're going to go to heaven. I mean, in a nutshell, that's basically it, isn't it? You're either going to be healed or you're going to go to heaven. And can you pick one of the, they're both pretty good things, aren't they? Two great options. But both of those options involve the shield of faith, don't they? And we have to encounter every day with our shield, or we're going to freak out. We're going to have troubles and difficulties. And if we don't get behind it, trouble will come. So as a Christian, we always have to keep the faith. Every moment of every day. Because the devil's always firing guards at us, throwing arrows our way. If they're not about fear and doubt, they could be darts of greed, or dots of revenge, or darts of anger, or arrows of lust, or arrows of hatred, or arrows of prejudice, arrows of laziness, darts of depression, darts of pride. We can make a long list of the things that come to attack us, and we need our shields, don't we? So here's a good question. How do we develop and grow our shield of faith? How do we do that? How do we make it bigger? I'm bigger than four and a half. I'm not bigger than two and a half yet, but I'm bigger than four and a half. How, how do we make our shields bigger so that we can have total protection? Romans 10, 17 tells us this. It says, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. To increase in our faith, we have to spend time in God's word. Learn His Word. If you're not in the habit of reading Scripture, read it every day so that you can grow in your faith. That's what does it. And we need to grow in our faith and we need to have a big shield because we're constantly under attack. Do you know what will happen after Tuesday and everything is said and done and after it is decided? Do you know you're going to still be under attack on Wednesday? And it might be something else. It might be another type of attack or another type of dart. But it's always going to be something. In fact, when we began to study, remember we read verses 10 to 14 of Ephesians 6 to encourage us. Finally, it says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the wiles, the plans of the devil, the attack. 
Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand on that evil day and have done everything to stand firm. So we have to be careful out there and stand behind our shield of faith. Don't leave home without it. In fact, when you're at home, keep it with you there too. Let's pray to God.